0: This podcast is for CAD managers in their pursuit for the perfect set of plans. Each week, we'll be doing deep dives into what CAD managers deal with every day as they manage and mentor their CAD team, build and enforce standards, develop best practices, and provide leadership and vision in the implementation of new technologies. With an extensive career as a CAD manager, I'm here to confess all my lessons learned, strategies, and all my project delivery secrets. If this sounds like the right place for you, then let's get started. I'm your host, Eric Del Leone, and welcome to the CAD Manager Confessions Podcast. Welcome to another episode of the CAD Manager Confessions Podcast. In this episode, I'm continuing my CAD Management Masterclass series by interviewing another fellow CAD manager. Today, I would like to welcome Carlos Caminos to the podcast. Carlos is from the Pittsburgh area. Carlos is a CAD administrator, a BIM lead piping designer, and a SimBIM certified professional. Welcome to the podcast, Carlos. Hey, thank you for having me, Eric. Hey, so before we get into the questions, um, I was doing my, my pre-podcast uh, interview research, and I noticed that you have a, a U.S. patent. Can you explain what that is and any insights of the process of filing a patent? Yeah, that
1: was actually pretty exciting times. At the time, I was working at Lucent Technologies, Bell Laboratories, Lucent Technologies. And so I worked for the Sciences Division, which is primarily all research and development. Uh, So I worked on a project there. I think it was one of the few projects to sell out of... uh, you know that got commercialized out of Bell Laboratories, and so this the patent which I received was for designing a uh, three plate capacitance uh, tool, and so it measured stress and thin film stress, uh, like this uh, thin film, like camera film, that that thin. So um, I was involved in the wafer making process at that time in the silicon industry. So uh, I had that opportunity to work with a couple of engineers. So uh, we were fortunate enough to patent that process.
0: Nice, yeah. Earlier in my career, I was a industrial designer for a semiconductor company out of Portland, Oregon. And so we did a lot of mini environments or clean rooms for the wafers. Yeah. And so, yeah, that was my world for five years. That's where I got my love of 3D modeling and design. Um, Same
1: here, you know, actually that's where I learned to, to model at that time, um, and that that's, was part of the origin for, you know, for my 3D uh, modeling experience That was the beginning of it.
0: Yeah, nice. So, um, I guess let's get into these questions. Um, so, where do you work? How long have you been there? And what do you do?
1: So, currently I work at Evoco Water Technologies. Um, I've been there roughly about a year now. Uh, I'm the CAD administrator uh, for the Wastewater uh, Technologies Division, which is one of the uh, three big business units at Evoqua. Um, I was brought in there to uh, help maintain their vault and implement workflows, since that's what I'm known for now a little bit more, Uh, and I'll get into that a little bit more. So I support Inventor, AutoCAD Electrical, AutoCAD. Um, I just implemented a laser scanning workflow. So now we're starting to use softwares like Navisworks and ReCap as well.
0: How long have you been in CAD management?
1: So I've been in CAD management uh, close to like 15 years now, maybe a little bit more, plus or minus a year.
0: And with all that experience, um, what, and my, one of my favorite questions to ask is, what is your CAD origin story?
1: Yeah, my CAD origin, uh, going back to Bell Laboratories, um, I, I worked on this pretty exciting project where they needed to create drawings. And at that time, they offered us the, the opportunity to go learn a 3D CAD package. At that time, I learned uh, pro-engineering, pro-engineer. And uh, that was the software package that was adopted by our group. Because since it did become a commercialized product, they needed to better document things. Um, and at that time, believe it or not, they uh, they were so ahead of their time, that facility. I mean, it, it was one of the leading research institutes in the world at that point. That I was involved not only with the 3D technology early on, um, we we had to pay attention to data early on because we knew we were going to transfer the technology at some point. So capitalizing or getting as much data on the equipment was important early on. So that's really where my my CAD uh, beginnings were.
0: So what did you mean about you uh, you you guys were positioning your guys itself for that data transfer? Can you explain what? a little bit more about just that, that insight or the the positioning for that? Sure.
1: So what happened was, is once uh, the project was, it was well established, it was moving forward. There was no lack of funding anymore. Uh, There were already, I believe there was a a consortium being developed to own the technology. So, so we knew that the project itself was going to be sold. So at that point, once we got out of the prototype stage and started like, uh, not, the, not the prototype, actually the proof of concept and moved into the prototype stage, uh, that the documentation needed to be different. So at that point, we really had to focus on documenting the whole process of A, building the machine. And then there was also the process of documenting the process itself of how the... How the uh, how creating the mask uh, was developed and the, the, the different things that needed it needed to go through in order to do that.
0: So in that, so I'm fascinated by this because you, you know, most of, most of my academy managers that I've interviewed, you know, have been very infrastructure. And so, you know, coming from this more like mechanical industrial type space, you know, with right. some of your, with some of your previous experience, I know you're doing water, water you know kind of water engineering now but and i know from my beginnings as an industrial designer our approaches to stuff was it was you know obviously fundamentally the same you're still modeling you're still designing and that stuff transfers to plans in which somebody builds something but it sounds right. like you, you the process of which of your early beginnings was a little bit more in depth how do you think that experience kind of positioned you right now as a as a CAD manager, as a, as a designer, you know, how did some of that help you become who you are today?
1: Eric, that's a great question. You know, uh, I've answered this questions a few times in my career, but you're, the way you broke it down is you're, you're on point. Um, it was that experience that prepared me to get into management or CAD management later on in my career because uh lucent technologies or bell laboratories being uh one of the leaders in innovations they had a different philosophy there and they they really thought out of the box uh they were really leading edge i mean i don't know if you remember the 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 yellow phones or the emergency phones on the street well we developed that and i used to park next to the first phone that was ever created right and they had it there for 15 years, waiting for it to break and realize it wasn't gonna break before they actually sold it, yeah. you know? So so they were experienced in, in, in capturing data and understanding uh, how products needed or what you needed for products and for the next generation of products. Um, so when when this grew legs, let's say, uh, they understood that they they want they needed to capture an accurate bill of material. And that's really where it began for the mechanical aspect of it. They needed they needed to capture an accurate bill of material. And one of the reasons we went to 3D modeling was to get away from the manual creation of a bill of material. Mm-hmm. So one of the requirements for the design team at that point was that we created all the individual parts. So we created screws, we created nuts, we created washers. And that's the simple stuff, and then we got into the custom design of, of the tool itself. So that that was the primary reason of us moving to a three D package. And that's and and so I mean we're talking about this was uh, close to thirty years now. So so you want to think you know you know there were some groups or in some industries that or forward thinking and really realize or understood the efficiency behind doing something like that.
0: Yeah, I, again, in my early days, um, that's what I always found very beneficial was the fact that just like you said, right, we did these mini environments for these clean rooms. And so, you know, like you said, every, every um, leveling foot, every vertical framing member, every screw, every knob, every handle, Right. And it was a part of our inventor model. And so right. therefore, all of our all of our bill of materials that we put on our sheets were real time. Right. You delete something. Well, guess what? Your sheets and your bill of materials update and things like that. And so I always, you know, I like to attribute a lot of who I, I obviously would think we all do it. But some of that early beginnings that I had in that industrial design space, because it was so, um exact you know with everything that we did really framed up my thinking and you know how we framed up my thinking of how I approach my work and obviously ultimately how I approach being a CAD manager but also led to the frustration that I felt doing just vanilla AutoCAD or these other programs who don't have that you know parametric 3D modeling embedded into it right where it's intuitive and it's built in so that way we're again, our sheets, our, our bill of materials, our specs, whatever it may be, is all based off of the 3d model that we started with.
1: Correct. I mean, you know, the more I think about it, you know, a lot, I've given a couple, couple presentations over the years. And, uh, one of my presentation was, I actually called it, you know, BIM begins with a bomb, Mm -hmm. you know, because it's the essence of almost everything, you know, that, that, the bill of materials going to feed into your SAP or or into ERP, and your bill of materials was going to transfer over, or a different level of your bill of materials going to transfer to uh, asset management. You know, as later on as these things started to evolve. Um, yeah, for me, for me, that experience was critical, uh, and has been probably the largest influencer throughout my career. I always think back on how well thought out they had this process right and, and it was a unique experience i work with a lot of phds a lot of uh, really genius level uh people and and over the years like you i was frustrated with CAD too sure i got hired as a as a designer to use autocad and i got you know and you have to you have to do it because that's a job right but yep. but, but then you look for those opportunities where you can continue to grow uh your your both educationally and experience, you know, to develop 3D modeling and what it can do for you and develop more efficiencies along the way. Um, and and that's, you know, part of the evolution, I think.
0: What are some of the challenges that you have ran into as a CAD manager and what actions have you taken to overcome those challenges? Yeah,
1: so, so the biggest challenge for me as a CAD manager and, and especially the type of CAD manager that I am, uh, because I really like to push technology. I really like to make sure we capture relevant information. And so in a lot of places now I'm developing this, uh, this um, I'm being known for going into older uh, culture businesses and converting them more to -to up-to-date standards. Right? So the biggest challenge for me is trust. And it's multiple levels, right? It's not only the designer trusting me that the new process that I'm implementing is going to work. It's also trust that in the long run, it's going to be more efficient because I don't think any designer wants to do work twice or wants to increase their budget, you know, and that's the focus. Everybody wants to be lean, you know, and and that's part of the reason we'll get into that as we go on. That's why BIM is becoming more relevant in the industry. Right. Um, And then, explaining in many cases presenting to upper management how this is going to change and how this is going to help you change and how it's going to help your numbers right because early on it's it's always about the numbers right why are you going to do this because because it'll save us 10 percent in a year you know so so that that's where you begin and uh that that's the biggest challenge for me every time is trust you know so because even when you get hired, even now with my experience and my background, you know, you're going to a new place, somebody's got to trust you, because why did they bring you there, right? Yeah, yep. And and then you have, you know, you have, there's a, a period of time that you don't show anything, you know, until these things start working themselves out, you know, and, and so it takes time and it's trust. Trust is the hardest one to to overcome, I think.
0: Yeah, I I'm new to my position here, here at half. I've been here for going on eight months, um, moved my family from Oregon to Texas for this opportunity, but we're just now, you know, I've put my due diligence in the last few months and, and just now we're on the brink of implementation of, you know, fact finding due diligence and actually This is action. This right. is where the action happens. And I, I agree. One of the things that I think in order to be a, I call it change agent in order to be a leader in order to be one that drives um, new ideas, new standards, new workflows is trust. Cause like you said, it goes time when there's nothing happens. And so for me that, you know, they, they saw my resume. I, you know, I was explaining my truths, the things that I've done in the past. And obviously it, it, hit, it struck a chord for them to hire me and to move my whole family out here, um, you know from another state completely over here. And so but even then, you know, some of the things that I've talked about, I can tell the trust is pretty deep because I've stayed faithful to the, to the things that I've said and trying to implement some of these best practices and experiences, right, that right. we have that, that shape us, that help us get to this point, to be able to help companies move and pivot and go in different directions. What is one thing you wish you knew earlier in your career that you know now?
1: Oh, I wish, oh, not to take things personal. That would be the biggest one for me. Um, You know, we're in an industry now, nothing's changed. I don't think things change. The way you are per se, I don't think changes so early on, I, I, you know, I did a lot of reading, I, I took a lot of classes, I, you, you're, you're reading on technology, you know, uh, 30 years ago, is like, 3d, I need to learn more about this. And then there's five different platforms. And today, you know, technology all over the place, what's the best fit for us. So I don't think the person really changes. I think, um, you know, your knowledge expands, and you're capable of understanding, you know, a different level of things. Uh, but early on, you know, when you're trying to do these things, uh, you kind of feel alone, right? And people are getting shut down because uh, it was different times. You know, technology wasn't as big as it is now or this level, you know, of, of trying to um, put out so many reports and, and data analysis. Um, and, you know, I would take it personal. I, I would get upset you know, and, and uh, in many cases, you, you know, and you're young, you don't know how to deal with these things. You don't, you don't have the experience to understand, you know, where they're coming from, or in many cases, you know, they come from a different time as well, where management was just different, you know, I'm going to tell you what to do, you got to do, you know, they don't, so, so I, I come from that era, you know, I'm not a spring chicken, you know, I've been around for quite <laughs> a bit, Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I have people my age telling me I'm not normal because I know, you know, I understand technology a lot better than most people my age do. Um, So that is the one thing that I really wish, you know, I think uh, some of my outcomes would have been different. My results could have been better uh, because it's, you know, you start giving off the wrong impression, right?
0: Yeah. Yeah. One of the things I found throughout the years, especially for CAD professionals, um because the work that we do gets um judgment and comments daily through through the through the um red lines right, right? and so and for some you know um they do uh, better than others but for you know and it's 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 tough you got to learn that's one thing that i try to mentor my staffs over the years or even young professionals anybody it's like okay if you're going to be in cad you know, it's like, oh, you know, should I go into CAD? Yeah, I think it's a great, I mean, I think there's so many opportunities with CAD across so many different industries. It's amazing. If you're looking for a career, I would, I would, obviously I'm biased, but, you know, CAD crosses over many different industries. Go for it. I think it's a great career. Um, However, you have to have thick skin because you are going to be, your your work is criticized daily. And if you take two things too personal, um, it's, you're going to, yeah, you're just gonna you're gonna have a breakdown, just because of the nature of frustration, right? Because right. somebody's looking at your stuff every day and telling you, oh, you didn't do this right or that's wrong or you didn't follow the standard.
1: Yeah, or the software doesn't work or your yeah. report's wrong, right? And 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 these are things that you're implementing, you're trying to yeah. push through, and then you have to. You just need to be a little bit uh, comfortable with yourself and confident that you can go back. I'll fix it and show you, you know, and that's
0: fine. But yeah, I wanted, I, I just, I just remembered I, on your last answer, you were talking about trust, right? And I wanted a. I, there was a follow-up question I wanted to ask. I want to, before I get too far away from that, Sure. was you were talking about trust and always trying to, you know, make that business case to upper management the ROI, the benefits, right? So forth. <clears throat> now, earlier in, in one of my previous, um, there's been a thread in previous um, podcast episodes to where us as CAD managers, right? We don't, we're very good on, we're being taught, you know, the technical acumen of how to use the software, clicks and picks, things like that, right? But us CAD managers, we were really not taught Formerly, that business acumen. How do you pitch to upper management? How do you pitch these new softwares, these new ideas? And a lot of us had to learn the hard way of (laughs) a lot of rejection, lots of no's, and then us getting frustrated and us going back and, okay, maybe asking another, you know, upper management type of person, you know, I made this pitch, you have any advice? Um, So, you know, obviously, you're a seasoned CAD professional. And so you, I'm, I'm pretty sure you've seen it, done it, you know, throughout your your, your long career. So I want to ask you, you know, where did you learn that business acumen, That that business acumen to make those business cases to upper management? And what's some advice that, you know, those who are looking for that can learn, I guess, learn more about that?
1: Yeah, that's you know that's a great question. Um, there's multiple answers to, to this, right? Um, you know, this requires a lot of. So this forces individuals to develop interpersonal skills, right? Because you need to de- you need to have the capability to communicate and listen, right? Um, you need to have one-on-ones, right? You need to develop trust with your designers, with your managers, with upper management. Um, when you start, you know, at first it's a little bit easy, easy in the sense that you are actually doing the work and you can show the results, but things change, right? When, when you have to start, uh, helping a group, you know, your results comes through them, not, not necessarily through your actions, right? Your actions are in establishing uh, relationships with people and teaching them how to do things in order to get these results. But that's the easy part, I think. The difficult part for me was that I really needed to start, you know, uh, following trends, doing presentations, having those one-on-ones that I had with designers. Why I had to have them with my manager, with upper management, with the higher level VPs to, to show them the trends. This is where... know these softwares are going this is where technology is going this is our deficiency so it kind of forced me to understand early on business needs right so i i applied my present as i created presentations i didn't know it at the time but they were presentations um that kind of defined this is what we're doing now and this is how it's going to help our business you know and and without even knowing early on, you're trying to show ROIs. It always comes down to ROIs, right? And and as the years went by, you, you know, networking becomes uh, very important for CAD managers or any manager, um, and you start talking about their success stories, you know, and this is part of the reasons why some of the, con- you know, conferences, it can be a great thing, you know, not only to just see things, but to network and understand what people are doing and how they're applying technology or how they're using the software, right? So now maybe you have an opportunity to engage them in a conversation in your company. Um, And and then those experiences help you develop to define attainable goals that are maybe not too far-fetched for your business needs, but are baby steps to get you to the bigger picture that they need to get to. So you need to understand, what the business needs are, you know, and so then you need to break it down and how do I attain those things in order to get there? Um, And and that's really an evolution and and it comes down to like, you have to show trends. You have to have a good relationship with your manager and their managers if, if you're trying to implement a technology or an application and vice versa. You need to have those relationships with, designers and technicians and because you need to start learning the process you know it, it's so involved um but but that's what you have to do that's how you overcome you know establishing trust with it within your company within your group outside of your group you know you just need to constantly show them this is what it's going to do for us this is what it's going to do for us and and set some attainable attainable goals hey we might not have the whole plant model but we're going to have our first equipment model, you know, and that'll
0: spread like wildfire. Yeah, I agree. I mean, one, this, that's the kind of the backstory to this podcast, right. Is, you know, I'm just trying to create another, you know, um, another venue for CAD managers, CAD professionals, up and comers, anybody in the CAD community is looking to, to learn more about what it is, to be a CAD professional, to be a CAD manager, that's the heart of this podcast and the heart of these masterclass series that I'm running, right? I just, you know, of course, I could talk all day, you know, if I needed to, but hearing like stories from you and the others is just, and all the different walks of life, the different industries we're in. I mean, to me, this is just, a, you know, it's a, it's, a great, it's a great opportunity to learn. And again, I'm blessed because I get the front row seat to a, uh, you know, to great professionals. And so, you know, it's a little selfish as well. Um, And so, but yeah, I mean, I know I've seen er, like young CAD professionals who got to, who who get thrown into the deep end of being a CAD manager, a CAD supervisor, right? And I think, and again, you can correct me if I'm wrong, but I I think sometimes when I see them not succeed, I I think their ambitions are, are correct, right? Like you said, right? We 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 know the trends, we're you know, trying to, you know, um, trying to do the right things, trying to make sure the technicians, the designers were were communicating, they have the right tools. But I think sometimes a little bit of experience goes a long ways of being able for them to be able to have that thick skin to how know to present to upper management, how to communicate, articulate things in a little bit better way where it doesn't come off you know whiny or i'm not getting my way right and so uh but i don't know i think i think for some of the things that we do (laughs) unfortunately experience is is the best teacher right It, it is it helps
1: it helps right i don't i think you know and and i wish i had uh something like this when I was younger and I was trying to do different things, you know, that I could reference, you know, so I think what you're doing here is, is incredible
0: Thank
1: you. Um, because there's so many, there's so many different opinions. There's so many things being done correctly. There's, you know, there's, there's just, you need to be exposed to those, you know, and, and I think for you and I, you know, we didn't necessarily have these opportunities to, to reference this type of material. Yeah. I, I didn't you know so yeah. so it was it was difficult i had to do a lot of observing i had great managers um i had a lot of people who took me under their wing uh and guided me in in many ways right but um i think what also what's, what makes it even more difficult today is i mean it's clear that that cad management is a career it's clear that CAD tools are necessary, you know, technology is here and it's making a difference, right? And that, that wasn't as evident before, right? Um, but I do think that it's still, there's a big hurdle because the software is so abstract, you know, we, we deal with a lot of people, we might understand the tool as a CAD manager and I think some people are losing their connection with their tools a little bit, because it's, it's, there's a lot of work involved, right? Mm-hmm. But then there's people, let's say above us or even parallel to us, they have no idea what the tool does. You know, they'll start referencing us as just another software, just a CAD jockey, just, you know, there's tons of, of things. They just want to see the result, right? Uh, the result today is very different than what the result was 10 years ago, you know, still, yes. 2D drawings are, all, I think are always gonna rule, <clears throat> are gonna be your, the, the, the nearest point of communication, right? But now, how about IOT? How about asset management data? How about uh, bill of materials? How about, you, you know, you can start laser scanning, for example uh you can you don't just have to laser scan to replace an equipment to get accurate dimensions you can laser scan a facility to understand how much resources you're going to need let's say for for site development how much earth you're going to move you know you can start applying different type of matrix to that you know and so until you start understanding all this stuff how do you explain that yeah you just can't so so I think there's a lot of young talent, very talented, but you, you have to be able to communicate at different levels and at the right time, right? And, and uh, again, you know, from beginning to when you start showing results, that could be a long time. And again, it's going to fall back to trust, right? Yeah. So, so it's, experience helps a lot in the sense that you learn to communicate better and, and maybe you become a little bit more demonstrative with what you're trying to do you know
0: yep and again hopefully this podcast and the other subject matter experts within the cad community with their blogs and their youtube channels hopefully that can help people you know uh, gain a couple years of experience or more through through the stories and advice that we all share so uh, well said Um, what would you consider to be your cad manager superpower
1: yeah. So I, th- I think uh, for me now, as, as I'm, you know, as I've been doing this a, a little bit, I think uh, I think I have two superpowers. All right. That's fair enough. <laughs> so so I, under, I, I, I pride myself on understanding business, you know, and what I mean by that is I understand what our deliverables should be, you know, and I, and I make sure that I, I understand that you know whatever group i go into and what's important for the different groups and how can we as a cad group either add to that or give you something you didn't have right mm-hmm. so so that's the number one thing you know uh, and, and and coupled with that is if if we're going to try to achieve that what are our what's our cad Capabilities and how long, you know, set some realistic goals to that, not just saying, like, yeah, we can do that. Meanwhile, that could mean nine months, yeah. right? Ten, so, 10 years. <laughs> yeah, right. So, so you need to really understand what you're committing to, but, you know, or what steps it takes to get to that point. Because let's say uh, you might not be able to provide 100% of the information, but 50% of the information is. You know, uh, when you start comparing different uh, headcounts and budgets and, you know, you want your designer to do more of this work, engineers do less of that work and you still make money, you know, so you need to understand business. Um, The other thing is, is uh, I think I pride myself on being a people person and, and trying to communicate and listening, right? And you have to get along with people. It's, it's, it's tough to begin with. So I can't imagine somebody who's confrontational, you know, being in a position like this, you know. So um, I think you need those two skills.
0: Yeah, well said. What are one or two CAD commandments that you work by without fail? Yeah,
1: so. I think. You know, there are two things that can make somebody really successful. And if they don't, you need to strive for those, right? But, you know, rule of thumb for me is if we have a standard, use the standard. You know, and if we find a better way to enhance the standard, let's collectively do that. And then we all use the same standard again, right? The second thing is you have to follow the workflow that makes you most successful. Because repeatability is going to create efficiency. So for me, it's those two things, you know, establish standards, follow the standard, and then follow the proven workflow or define a workflow that's gonna, you know, continuously give you repeatable success.
0: Yeah, that, are- yeah, that's actually um, one, of, one of my truths, right? Repeated success through, you know, workflows and things like that because repeated success equals high quality deliverables. Absolutely Right. And so only way I know how to deliver high quality consistently is making sure I have repeatable processes, repeatable results that, and that's done by having an established standard and having right. the team follow it. Right. It's just, it drives me, you know, it's, it's frustrating when people don't, um, don't quite get that. Uh, but nonetheless, I mean, it's, it's the, I mean, they get it, but they don't. Right. Cause obviously in some cases, you know, we do have some um, challenging team members who, uh, you know, who have, have a personal preference. But end of the day, though, right? I always go back to end of the day, we're we're enforcing standards because there's a overarching greater good, right? And at this time, like you said, we develop a standard for you to follow. If there's something new, let's figure it out together and enterprise it. So then we all have it moving forward. Um, and so, but yeah, it definitely takes a little bit of a you know, like, like you said before, trust, a lot of communication and, you know, being able to, you know, get the results that we want. Right. Right. What,
1: but not not to cut you off, but to add to that, you know, with, with repeatability, right.
0: Mm
1: -hmm. Um, My favorite line always is, uh, you know, and, and everybody knows it. There's five ways to create a drawing, five ways to create a model, five ways to do the same job. Right. Yep. The issue is if it breaks, I know how to fix two of those five ways yeah. or somebody else might only know two of those five ways, or we just don't know what you do, you know? So maybe it worked for you five times, but now something happened and it doesn't work. We can't fix it and we might have to redo it. Now yeah. what? Yeah.
0: You know? so Yeah. I, yeah. So, I was doing, I was doing the work so that way, and if it's, done the same right anybody should be able to step in behind somebody and take over their task Correct. you know there's an emergency there's a vacation <clears throat> you know they they're just out of office they just in a meeting that's took longer than we wanted the last thing i know as a cat professional is having to jump in last minute and and it's a total mess and it doesn't follow any kind of you know standard protocol procedures and and then you feel bad because you're like you know what i can't i can't do what i usually do and so then you're compromising some of your best practices because this is done and you're just trying to get stuff out the door um, to meet that deliverable that's the middle so but yeah well well said what trait do you think someone needs to have to be a great cad manager
1: i mean there's there's a lot of traits, right correct um, yeah <laughs> one that
0: one that sticks out to you
1: you know um we we talked about a few traits, right? We talked about communication and listening, you know those are all traits, right uh teamwork you know because at the end of the day, you're doing it for your team, but i think I think when you start getting to management roles, I think what what's gonna separate you. Um, is really your decision-making and accepting responsibility for your decisions, right? Um, Because, and this is me, and and people do things differently, you know, if I am guiding a team to do something and it's wrong, I'm the first one to say, hey, it was my mistake, I told them to do that, you know, and and my, you know, those are painful days, right? But that goes a long way with establishing trust within your group you know, and that that also goes a long way with establishing um, responsibility to your boss and to the people around you. Um, I, I think that's, you know, that speaks by itself. I, if, if there's one thing, that's something I look at for, you know, amongst other people, you know, I want to see who makes a mistake and says, hey, I made a mistake, you know, because you can't be perfect all the time. And it's, it's not fair to it's easy to do right it's always easy to point the finger or pink at, you know or pick something apart uh, but it's difficult to say you know hey i should have done better or i should have you know raised my hand i should have raised the flag or you know it was my decision to let it go you know and i think that that's probably the one that really stands out for me
0: yeah accountability goes a long ways right i mean i know i've had to own up to a couple of things in my career to the point where I talked to my wife about it. She's like, you're crazy. I go, it's the right, I have to man up. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I, I, you know, end of the day, like you said, right. It, it, ultimately, when you're the boss, uh, a lot, some decisions, you know, regardless of my team, just they went rogue or somebody didn't follow through. Um, you know, yeah, at, at end of the day, you know, that's one of the big things I tell people. If you're going to get into this, into CAD, you know, CAD management type of stuff, Um, You know, it's, it can be tough. It's, you know, it can be tough sometimes and especially in those moments. Right. But um, yeah, I just, I think that, like you said, I think that went a long ways for me. I manned up to something that, that didn't happen the way we, that we, the way I thought it should have happened or, um, and stuff like that. I had had to own it. And, you know, I was, you know, I I had a couple of people very upset with me and, but as I were upset with me before I did that, maybe, maybe rephrase that, I changed the narrative in how they viewed me and what I was doing a little bit different because, you know, um, I manned up, we had to talk about it, apologized and, you know, and I did, and I gave the um, the steps of what I was going to do different moving forward right. to ensure that that wasn't going to happen again. Again, accountability, but, it went a long ways and that our relationship, you know, was, was different in a positive way, you know, moving forward.
1: Right. I think, I think in those situations, especially as you start uh, being involved, uh, managing people and and being responsible for things, I think, you you know, that's twofold, right? You made a mistake. Okay. You acknowledge your mistake. Then you're, you know, as you said, you're, you're, you're responding with corrective actions, right? Because you're not going to do the same thing. Um, you recognize the issue you know uh, sometimes you recognize it ahead of time and you have to raise the flag and that's a a difficult decision to make and sometimes you just don't see a comment and then you know you you have to like you said man up but you provide corrective answer you know uh, a path to to not repeat that again you know
0: yeah it's tough I mean and especially when it's easy when it's or easier to do when it's something that you did that was your decision what's tough is when it's still your responsibility but it's one of your team members right right because it's easy to say you know uh bill yeah you just you just didn't do his thing right you know sorry you know well that's a, as an scapegoat. end of the day it was you that's your team member that's your responsibility so um, that's where, that's where even tough decisions, I mean, I've had to have that with, with team members, like, man, you're, you're really falling short of where, we're, what we're trying to do. And we really need you to, you know, get on the same page. Right. Um, you know, but anyway, uh, you know, the joys of being a manager, right? Yeah. <laughs> what current technology or trend are you the most excited about right now?
1: Oh, I am uh, there's a couple of, te- you know, technology now, today, it's amazing, right? It's a, it's incredible. <laughs> right? I mean, there there are so many things. I've been very fortunate, you know, the past 10 years of my life with what I've been doing because I've been uh, supporting a lot of uh, old school companies, uh, moving them into newer technology. In some cases, I, I was given the freedom to really push them into cloud solutions, you know, and and Um, Implemented laser scanning, uh, was involved with implementation of a PDM, PLM, and uh, ERP. So I've I've been exposed to quite a bit of different, very high-end technologies, right? But how can you not get excited about cloud solutions, uh, how laser scanning is changing uh, everything, really, right? Because with laser scanning, you could do visualization, you could do as-built, You could do um,
0: engineering, design,
1: engineering. You can, you know, uh, documentation, Uh, you could do asset management, you know, it could do so many things for you. Right. So that's a technology that, that I think is going to continue to grow. I think it's uh, what, what's going to come out of it. People are going to realize that you don't need to spend a lot of money to take advantage of laser scanning uh, because you don't, I think now it's finally at a place where where it's becoming very affordable. I think it's gonna be game changer for the smaller businesses, like uh, the, the smaller architects, the smaller uh, designers, you know, you don't have to go with the tape anymore. I mean, that yeah. that's basically what it's removing, right? Uh, or making the multiple trips and things to so that. I, I mean, yeah. you can laser skin a facility and now with safety, uh, it's fact that in construction, you know, if somebody, you know, the death rate is pretty high. It's a very dangerous uh, job. And you can go and, and laser scan places where you don't, you know, some people are just not meant to be on a the site. They're not meant to be there during construction. They're not meant to be there when there's only two people or, or 10 people, right? So, so now with laser scanning, there's a technology where you can laser scan, load it up there, and you have photospheres. Engineers missed a dimension or somebody missed the, the team missed a dimension. No worries, we can go capture that dimension. Uh, I mean, it's becoming that simple, right? And, and to oversimplify, you can take a laser scan and even create a mesh. You can now use that for reference in a model or in a drawing, and, you know, it's, I, I think it's game, I think that's game changer, you know, and, it, and there's, there's more to come on that. Um, I'm actually giving a, a laser scanning presentation uh, at Geo Week in a couple months. Uh, and, and, you know, even that is going to be exciting in the sense that uh, I'm going to be talking about Plant 3D, I'm going to be talking about uh, ACC or BIM 360 and laser scanning and how we, you know, we, we designed this on the cloud and how now we got a vendor involved who's not only doing the laser scanning for us, but they're going to do the as-built for us. So, that, so they're going to update our models to as-built conditions um and and in that that presentation even the laser scanning company is going to talk about how they handled a very large area scan which is innovative in, in itself right so i i the, the what cloud is going to provide as well uh i mean you don't you don't need a computer almost anymore yeah <laughs> you know it's it's like instant power up on the on you know on the cloud it's it's incredible. I just think there's so many avenues there as well. Oh, we can talk about this all day.
0: Yeah, I, I'm huge on um, LiDAR technology. I've been, I've been a, I guess, subject matter expert since probably 2005-ish. I was hustling it with one of my companies. We actually spun off our own department for visualization and LiDAR. Right. And you know, I was out jet-setting the you know, United States trying to do scopes of work doing pilot projects and stuff. And so all those things you said, love it because it's so true. So much, so you can do so much, you know, so much with the technology, like keeping people safe, repurposing, you know, the list goes on and on, right? The big, and like you said, right back when we did it, you know, we were using a Regal scanner that was retrofitted. um, And it was, you know, it was a hundred grand just for the scanner, right? The ZNF the or the Pharaohs back then, you know, those were 50 to $75,000. You know, now you have the Leica Black and you have your phones. I mean, the resolution, obviously, um, you know, there's a big difference with the resolution. And now we have mobile, mobile scanning at high resolution with RGB built into it. And a lot of that now is cloud registration. Before, I had to manual register point clouds together. Um, you know, yet there's a technique in that in itself. Right. Um, and so it's just, it's fascinating, you know, where we're going. And, um, you know, now, you know, you see movies, right? Um, Whenever there's a tactical scene of a movie and they're trying to, you know, quote unquote, raid the castle or the drug house or something, right? Uh, I just saw the new James Bond movie and they had LiDAR, you know, they had LiDAR in there. And it's just crazy just how, uh, you know, mainstream it is, how it's finally getting affordable into the hands of a lot of people. Now, on the flip side, I'm still amazed at how, how many people still don't know what LiDAR is yes even in the aec industry right yeah, i mean I and mean, things like that right am i have you ran into that as well i mean that that
1: should be a whole other session right because <laughs> uh, yeah yeah i was just you know somebody you know i was talking about uh i like using reality capture now more and more right um and and how do you explain you know people are like what what is this lidar it's well let's think about reality capture right yeah. i feel, old culture old school companies um and i'm like it's here this is real reality capture, <laughs> yeah. right i don't i don't know how to explain it without getting too technical yeah this is the same as going there and taking a tape measure and measuring it
0: yeah you know
1: and now you have surface recognition software too you know and and uh you know you know it's just so efficient uh I, I just to give you a quick story, um, one of the designers requested uh, dimensions on a site as built condition while the contractor send the LIDAR uh, a data set. And uh, so they get this data set and I have presented it. So people just listen to me, you know, okay, because yeah. it's new, you, you know, and one of the PM says, Carlos knows something about this. We need to get him involved. So he says, hey, we got we asked for dimensions and they send us this. I'm like, oh, that's great. Yeah. You know, the designer, you know, we have some very talented designers, but, but he's like 60 years old, right? But you yeah. you, yeah, you can, you know, some of the knowledge these individuals are carrying is, is unbelievable.
0: Yeah. So
1: he says, it was very simple, Carlos. I just needed two dimensions. I go, that's what you think, but you're never going to need another dimension. He's like, what do you mean? And I go, let me show you. Yeah. <laughs> so you open up, you know, a recap yeah. collar and you put it into a works. I overlay. A CAD file, I overlaid a model, I overlay, you know, and they're like, wow, and that's that's like real dimension. Yes, reality <laughs> capture, you know, I'm like and, and that yeah. became a presentation for a department, you know, and that, that a bigger presentation because it's it's there, people talk about it, you know, and then I made the mistake of saying, yeah, it depends on the site, we might combine um, a UAV, you know. Uh, a drone and they're like what do you mean and I was like oh how do I explain this one right <laughs> and, and, and so I had to explain uh, how you combine these technologies to get yeah, yeah. Uh, explaining shadows and things yeah. like uh, uh, yes the the lack of, of awareness awareness, awareness, yeah. awareness you know of understanding of what I can do to you it's but But let me tell you, I I went to a laser scanning conference years ago and I think it was Spar, and it was relatively small. A lot of laser scanning technology when I was thinking about implementing, you know, the technology at work. Um, But even the professionals themselves, even though they have it's a specialized talent, right? Correct. Yep. You need to understand some some different things. They didn't know how to apply it then, but they knew it's important. Right. Yeah. Like you, I would go and see like. Oh my God, we could, uh, you know, we can, so have you scanned facilities? I remember that still wasn't a thing yet. Well, we can. And I'm like, oh my God, how about as-built red lines? Yeah. Right? How Those are never accurate. How about we go laser scan a facility after built? Yeah. Anyway.
0: Yeah, I always thought, so kind of a little side story. So earlier... So within five years earlier in my career, um, we were, the company I, w- I was with had a partnership with a, um, a company at Salt Lake City that had some laser laser scanning technology. And so what was cool was I got to basically go with them to all these SHASHTOs, Ashdos, all these industry conferences, right? And so, um, because one of the things, like you said, right, when the vendor is trying to sell you their tool, you know, now I think they've done a lot better of getting specialists within their groups to be a part of their sales team or an extension of the sales team. Right. So the group really liked when I went, because I was able to, like, if you came to the booth, oh, that's a cool scanner. it's cool technology. They would talk to you about the technology, how, how it's used. And even though I could speak to it, but I let that, I left it to them. And then when it came to the real world, real world application, that's where I stepped in. Right. right? I'm here. Uh, you know, CAD professional kind of, you know, within the AEC professional subject matter expert. And so, you know, I said, hey, we used it for this, this, and this. And myself, I see the vision of using it for facilities and this, this, and this. And then the light goes off and they loved it because it was a good yin and yang. Uh, right. But, you know, now I think they do a lot better in most cases, right? The vendors do a lot better because now they have people like us that sit on their teams that help make it more relatable to those right. who come up and go, okay, so what, what does this do? What's, you know, what's a point cloud? Uh, how, you know, what are these points and how do I measure and what happens in the gap between the points, you know, and things like that, you know? So it's yeah, interesting times. It's great. It's, I don't know, man, I, I just did a podcast um, earlier this week and, you know, just talking to another CAD manager and I went, same thing like you and I, man, it's like, you know, came to this question and it's like, it's a great time to be alive with all the technology that we have
1: there's so much going on you just need to you know be aware and and what makes business sense for you right right
0: what are your thoughts on the future of cad
1: oh i listen i think uh more than ever uh cad is 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 going to be the foundation for for businesses um it's going to be a service and and it's also going to be for bigger companies it's going to be the foundations to what they do um, because y- y- it's changed right so we are now modeling uh, in many cases we are we are providing um, very uh, workflow specific training to our people you know people that become uh, they truly become irreplaceable, right? Because you can't, you can't just find people that will come in there and who can model and who can create a drawing to your standards and who can actually open up, a, let's say, a laser scan file and actually understand what they're looking at, or or maybe create an intelligent Navisworks model. You know, so so we're we're our designers are becoming much more talented. Uh, they're much. Uh, what's much more diverse right uh designers are becoming uh understand different um disciplines right because we're no longer looking for a piper or a, an equipment guy or a concrete guy no now we're looking for guys who can do more things you know so, so we want them to be familiar with more disciplines we want them to be able to do some level of calculation at some point, because a lot of the softwares allow you to do simulations and, and, and have engineering capabilities, right? And now we're asking them to be able to use recap, inventor, plant 3D, and you know, and, and protect the data. Uh-huh. You know, so, so there, uh, you know, some people would say, well, it's much more simpler, you know, b- back then. But the reality is, that if you compare budgets then to budgets now, and, and I always preach this and I have presentations regarding this is, we might be a little bit less on budget, right? So I'm not promising you that our budget's gonna be less. What I'm promising you is that we're gonna now provide you an accurate bill of material. We're gonna provide you accurate weights. We're gonna now be able to directly interface with that group. We are now gonna, provide visual aid for our th- sales team. We are now going to have visual capability to create videos for the company, you know? So um, how do you transform that into a dollar value? You can't, it just becomes too valuable. You know, so, so I, think, I think, you know, uh, CAD is, is the core of, of everything that's happening right now. You know, the technology has to go through there for the most part.
0: Yeah, I think one of the big things about the evolution or the future of CAD is that um, I think it's here to stay, right. right? I think, like you said, you kind of said it, is I think the expectations are gonna change and evolve. Sorry, not change. I think the expectations are still there. I think they're gonna evolve into more, which means that if you're maybe a just, just a piper, just a red liner, just a drafter i think your job's in jeopardy right. because because you know end of the day we're you know like you said we're looking for those who could do more now is there a place for the the aka workhorses most definitely but what i tell my team is and this is kind of what you alluded to as i said listen one of my one of my responsibilities i i believe as a cad manager is to make sure that my team obviously is you know, is skilled, knows the tools, right, is able to produce high quality, predictably high quality deliverables, right, day in, day out. At the same time, I feel like I have a responsibility to cross-train them, to mentor them to be more than what they're doing in their AKA job description, right? And I mentor them, I say, listen, if you want to move up the corporate ladder, you know, from a drafter, to a technician, to a designer, to a senior technician, to a senior designer, to a CAD coordinator, to a CAD supervisor, or heck, you want to take my job, right? One day type of deal. You have to do more than, than your, this, your day job, you know, whatever the job description and what your current title is. And that's through cross-training the software, cross-training multiple disciplines. And I always try to do that on purpose. Like, okay, like, you know, you're a piping, just say like, right, you're a, you're the piping expert in my CAD group, you know, you're, you're a senior piping designer, you're doing that same time. I'm like, you know what, maybe if it makes sense and you have a software experience like AutoCAD that maybe can help the civil group, let's try that. Because again, if the piping work dries up and there's a lot of civil work, I wanna be able to then move my team around and the learning curve, you know, we literally flatten the learning curve a little bit uh, as much as we can. So that way we can be like a locust and jump, go from project to project and just kill it, do an awesome job and just continue to, you know, be a, a more of a valuable assets and resources to the company. Correct. Right. Yeah, I
1: agree. I mean, I think once you start getting into the management uh, side of things, you know it, it it's and like you said it's our responsibility to facilitate right so some people have the capability to evolve and, and do other things uh some people and and i get it some people are happy where they're at that's fine that's a decision right
0: but that, you that, won't get any raises your bonuses will be very small right yeah I mean... or,
1: or you might be super valuable at what you do and, that, and that's fine right but but i, I you know, I I will tell you this, you know, early on I implemented, uh, so I was involved in implementing the AC suites early on. And uh, I gave a presentation on that. And, you know, I had, you know, I live in Pittsburgh. It's a little bit uh, blue collar mentality, right? People just want to do one thing and stuff. And we kind of changed things a little bit how we did. So so we did PNID, we had pipers, you know, piping group, we did mechanical layout. And then, so we incorporated Plant 3D, PNID, and banner, and we had MEP in the house. And, and I don't know how I did it, but it worked, right? Yeah. So, so we were delivering projects with utilizing all these tools. And, and um, you know, it's just business one day, it wasn't going well, and people started getting laid off, right? Um, but, but during that time, I, I gave everybody the opportunity, you should learn this, you should be able to do this, you should be able to do that. So, so some really took on to it. And uh, listen, I have feedback, like the day after, you know, Carlos, you know, I know that you weren't happy that I, I know that you thought that I wasn't happy, but hey, I, I got to let go. I got a job in two days. I mean, there's no better reward than something like that you know, that, that they can continue to, to, you know, because at at the end of the day, we're just trying to help everybody out. Right. Correct. Correct. And, And that's, you know, work is there every day. So, so, I mean, what we're all trying to do is become better human beings and try to help each other out. Right.
0: Yep. Agreed. Where can the CAD manager confessions audience follow you in your journey?
1: I'm very active on LinkedIn. Um, you know, I'm on Twitter as well, but I, I think LinkedIn is really where I post a lot, uh, most of uh, my stuff, uh, what I'm working on, who I'm collaborating with. Uh, I do quite a bit of different types of work now. So um, that, that's where you could easily uh, find me.
0: Great. Before we say goodbye, any parting advice or thoughts to the CAD management community?
1: Yeah, I mean... <clears throat> To me, it comes down to always staying on top of your game. You know, be aware of new technologies, self-educate, and uh, that, listen, you have to surround yourself with successful people, like minds that, that are trying to accomplish the same things. Um, it's, it's just good support, and it's good influence in, in what you do. You know, networking is important. And, uh, you know, Gandhi made a statement that I, I really do live by, uh, that I repeat a lot, you know, and it says, you must be the change that you want to see in the world. And so this applies to, at, at different levels as well, right? But if, if you're trying to push and make something successful, you have to do it yourself, right? And uh, I, I don't know of any other way. And, and that's been very, it's worked out for me. And uh, if there's advice that's, that's what i would tell somebody
0: well thanks carlos for being a part of the podcast hey thank you very much thank you for listening to today's podcast if you found the things we talked about today valuable i would be honored if you'd subscribe and or leave a review until next time continue to challenge the status quo be the leader you wish you had Don't be afraid to step into your greatness and good luck in your pursuit for the perfect set of plans.